0: first i just want to thank patrick brumley with beltline for coming on and uh i recorded a thing patrick last week it was just kind of trying to explain why i'm doing this and uh i think i actually may redo it because i did it and it was about 20 minutes i sent it out to some people to get some feedback and and i got some pretty good feedback so i may try it again and um but like i I mean i did say in that that and i think i talked to you about it when i asked you to do it i was really excited about doing this and um interested to see how it goes see if anybody likes it and uh most importantly that you know benefits us and and you in some way. So oh,
1: sure, sure. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So, all right. I wanted to first just talk about how we met each other, which is it's kind of interesting. Um, so I was trying, I was actually taking some notes here, going back, and um, I know that I actually moved to Louisville. Now, are you from Louisville?
1: I uh, lived in Louisville for about 15 years. So,
0: Where were you born?
1: I was born in uh, Shelbyville, Kentucky. About 30 okay, minutes right. outside of Louisville. So. so
0: you're kind of from this area, right? Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Kentucky boy. I moved around a yeah. lot.
0: So so I'm originally from Ohio. I moved here in 2013 and uh, worked with my dad uh, in the same industry that I'm in for the first two years I lived here. And I think one of the – in that company was called the cerium Group. And one of the first things I did when I got here was I went on a joint trip with the Lexington Chamber and the Louisville Chamber of Commerce to – Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was called Glide. And I cannot for the life of me remember what Glide stands for. But um, I remember I went down there, and I think I'm almost positive that's where I met Daniel Swintoski, who now works for you guys. Hey, it's funny. Yeah. And um, I think I got back, and he was working for a different company at the time. We may have connected. Um, I don't think I ever got to know Daniel really well, but just, just in passing. And then Terry Weber with GLI – um, just before COVID, or maybe just after COVID, there was some transition with Terry reached out to her. We were just touching base. And I think she reconnected me with Daniel, who is now working with Beltline. And then I remember my phone rang, you know, Daniel said, Hey, I'm going to get you in touch with our guy. And I'll never forget <laughs> this. It was, I mean, it was relatively early in COVID. I mean, it was, yeah. you and I talked that the, you know, what was hitting the fan yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah, yeah. good at that time. So yeah. Do you remember that you called yep. me that day? And yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't remember why, but I was sitting in a parking lot somewhere waiting for yeah. something. And I was like, Daniel had asked me, he goes, Hey, we need to, we need to get a hold of Landon here. This could be, um, he does promotional material. We need to sow some seeds here in Louisville. And he's like, I see him at GLI events, you know, at the chamber events. And he's a, in business, he's a man about town. So he's like, let's, let's give him a call, see how he is on rates and service and everything. And then see if we can work with him to, uh, to, to, you know, to also get introduced into more people there in chamber. And then of course COVID happened. So everything's virtual. So we haven't, we haven't got to do too much of that yet, but.
0: It is funny. Even listening to you talk, like, you know, you've said events several times and it's like weird to even think like, yeah, remember when, you know, and, uh, (laughs) but yeah. So tell me like, um, I, I think my research showed that you've been with Beltline. What about, Four years? Is that about right? Yeah, it'll right? be
1: five years in uh, February 2021.
0: And I know that it looked like you had a little bit of a stopover somewhere else, but the bulk of yeah. your time before that was spent at Samtech, right?
1: Yep, yep. Application got engineer it. at Samtech.
0: Yep. Yeah. So tell me, you know, I'm always curious, mm-hmm. because I've said many times that like someone like Daniel uh, picks up the phone and says, hey, I got a guy. And clearly you had other companies that you've worked with and, and probably maybe still work with on some level. So what is it all I'm always curious, what is it like to get that call? I mean, are you like, uh, you know, I kind of need to do something with this. And I, I remember maybe the timing was pretty decent in our situation, but yeah. tell me a little bit about like how you received that in the first place.
1: Well it's funny, you know, just to back up for a second. So I tell all of the people at our office, right, that get all the calls, the sales calls, I said, if you don't know who to send them to, I said, send all of them to me. Now, that being said, I don't sit there all day and take sales calls. But if they go to voicemail, if I hear something that triggers me to think there might be a relationship angle here, right, where yeah. I can work with them, they clearly have a good or something they think we need. Because um, what you find out with contracting, uh, you know, we're electrical contractor. But what you find out, any of the construction world and, gosh, most of the business world, it's just all about relationships. So it sounds cheesy. It sounds, you know played out. But in this, in this particular instance, when Daniel, Daniel's running lean, you know, he was up there with a few electricians and we're, we're just trying to grow stuff out of the ground. Um, so in a weird way, I'm like, so Landon sells promotional material and I was intrigued because it was your own business, right? He right. met you through GLI. So I already knew you were putting in the work you know, you were going out and about, you weren't just sitting behind the computer doing emails and that there's anything wrong with that. But sure. I looked at it kind of, especially not now. Yeah. (laughs) From from a selfish standpoint, it's like, how do I extend my sales network? Um, even, you know, even in a time like now with COVID, you know, how do you, how do you extend your sales network? Um, when you can't be there in person, And so I look at it as as many relationships, as many allies as I can get, especially they're local to the community um, instead of going on the internet and just, you know, Googling whatever. Uh, You know, and that also ties into if you deal with promotional material, it's a a tough on our, on my side of it, it's tough too because everybody wants the moon, right? And they want it now and they want it quick. So I also want to have a person for the service aspect, right? I want to be able to call uh, Landon or a (laughs) Brett. Right. Yeah. Specific for issues and not just a phone bank and hope somebody, um, answers eventually.
0: So, so it sounds like, I mean, if I'm reflecting to make sure I understand it's like, which is, it's funny. I mean, and you and I have talked about this several times on the phone. I think there's a lot of synergy with not only, I think how you approach things, but Beltline in general and and just the company and and, in our company Goodson and how we, you know, do things, but it's kind of like, you know, Hey, we're, we're opening a Louisville office, any and all connections that I can get in that market to potentially make introductions or whatever it might be is valuable, which, you know, you're kind of always thinking about the win-win, the mutual benefit type thing. Um, but it, but now, in light of that, I do want to ask, like, before you started working with us and maybe even still today, mm-hmm. do you have a, you have other companies that you worked with or you were working with some other companies sure, beforehand, sure. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so like in Paducah, I've got a, a rep, that uh that I work with that he's local to the community, right? Yeah. Um does a great job, is very responsive. Uh, but he works for one of the nationwide um right kind of promotional material. So he's representative of the like the really, really big volume dealers, but he personalizes the the touch you get, you know. So right. he's yeah. he's kind of a I wouldn't say a franchisee, but he's a rep.
0: Right. Yeah. And so kind of how our industry is 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 built is like, and I, so I always say it this way, it's like and this is really true in business. If you want to own the customer in our industry, you really have to own the rep because you know our industry's changed a lot, continues to change. But throughout the country, the reality is that you know it it still is a localized industry, like a lot of industries. And so, guys like the guy you're describing in your backyard, even though he's affiliated with a large company, um, it still has a local feel. And in in our case, we're sort of like this, I'd say, somewhere in between where. Um, we run the business that way, but I think at the same time we're not we're not affiliated with a large company, so it's just it's interesting I think there's a lot of industries yeah. built like that too um so once we started working together um and I know so I was kind of going back through, tell me a little bit about like I remember our initial conversation we started working on some things you mentioned Brett, I brought mm-hmm. him in um, and he's taking care of a lot of things for you um give me a little bit about like what uh you know what what it's been like to work with us. And, you know, and and, and don't sure. hold back. Like, I want to know, because I'm very curious to know. I, let me back up before. I know you and I talked about this before that, you know, my thing, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do these podcasts is is really three things. One is I wanted an opportunity for us to learn about Beltline and make sure that there's an opportunity for you to tell a little bit more about Beltline to the people that might watch this, that we do business with. And back to your original point about sort of the connection in Louisville and other markets that you're already in, that you will be in in the future, that there might be somebody out there that's like, that becomes aware of Beltline sure. through this. I think oh, that would yeah. be a huge win for us. Yeah. And, um, you know, secondly is to um, to make sure that we're delivering value and we're discovering where we're um, meeting our standards and not meeting our standards and just understanding – You guys better so that we can make better suggestions over time and help you
1: yeah i mean so far we've been working together now for gosh i guess it's going on nine months or so maybe a little less because i think i called you there in may so maybe seven months but i mean that's um we've been able to work together already on some projects um i can't say that i've had i mean we haven't had any quality issues the responsiveness has been great on everything. I mean, there's, I've been doing this for five years. I've been handling promotional material and there's probably six or seven vendors that I've worked with, but some of the services and the technology that I've seen you all leverage has been, you know, I've not seen that anywhere else. The, the curation, no, good. Yeah. the curation is probably the biggest benefit that I've seen. And it's because in the world of promotional material, there is just an overwhelming amount of options. You know, I feel like my, my attention can be best for Beltline staying over pipeline and new customer development. So when I'm working with promotional material, uh, I wanted to enhance that. But at the end of the day, what it means for me that most of the time is safety shirts and hats. And so it can get, uh, when I get really busy with other things, it can get, it can get frustrating if I feel like I've got so many options that I can't analysis paralysis, right. That I can't make a, a decision right. on. So that's a, it's a small, might seem like a small thing for you all or a way you like to keep stuff organized. But on my end with, with a multitude of, um, responsibilities, it's huge because, What I, in this case, what I don't know doesn't hurt me. So if I see something and that hits the mark, that hits the mark. I didn't, I didn't go through three pages to find it or, you know, I wasn't digging around the catalog. So, um, that, I think that's huge and just, you know, I don't know if it's the age thing or I love things being where I can get to them on the computer. So
0: keeping, keeping that response.
1: And I, I don't know what that, what's that curation tool called? What do you all call that?
0: The system that, yeah, the system we use is called okay, Common CommonSkew. Scue, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. When I started the business, it was, it was, you know, kind of t- typical or traditional or sort of even cliche a little bit where I started the business at my dining room table and I had, you know, manila file folders and really did it very, very old school by hand. And then sort of graduated to like my own handmade system, if you or like, sort of like a patchwork of other systems. So I use like Trello. Sure. There might be people out there that are yeah, familiar we, with Trello. You might be familiar with Trello. Yeah, Trello is great. And um, I used it kind of like built a, a board that I used to manage orders and uh, still, you know, kept some paper filed. And then I transitioned to Comisque, which is – a, it's a purpose-built cloud-based order management system for our industry so that it's pretty robust on the back end. And then it's got front end, yeah. which is what you're describing, which is the presentation functionality. And, um, and yeah, and it's great. One of the challenges, I you know, anything like that, it's funny because we also have – uh, and I don't think we've put this in place with you guys yet, but the uh, order man, the um, brand program tool that we use called Order My Gear. These are both tools that are available to anybody in the industry, and I'm sure you guys use, um, you know, things on your side of, of your business where that are available to any other electro contractor sure. and things like that. And it's 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 interesting. Early on, we tried to build a software solution to do online stores for customers like Beltline, and I had to learn really, I had to make a decision pretty quickly that and realize, like, are, are we a sales company or a development company? I am not a developer. And so I kind of had to make the decision I was going to try to use the best tools that were quote unquote like yeah. off the shelf, you know? And that's great and they work great. But the challenge then is that anybody and everybody can use them. And so now it's like a lot of things it's not the tool that separates us, it's how we use the tool that separates us from our sure. competitors, you know?
1: Yeah. And then, like I said, in my experience, I've, you know, if it's not good for, <laughs> for your value proposition, but if all promotional material could use those same tools, it would certainly make it uh, easier for, for me. Not to, not to dislike the handed out catalog or a lot of options. I mean, if, if I were purely over, if it were a magnitude of scale where I was over such a large amount of promotional material, I would probably want to to go through so many options, but I think it's just nice having the curation. Um, I, I don't know that I would change wanting that if I were ordering, you know, tens of thousands of pieces of stuff versus the few thousand that I order of various things throughout the year. So,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's good. So I wanted to shift and let, I want to talk about Beltline. So I remember when you and I, and I'll tell you I, for some reason, man, I feel like sometimes I can be thick with, with conversations <laughs> like this, but, um, Tell me about sure. Beltline. Let's just let's shift the focus away from us and um, about the company, what you guys do. Okay, so we'll Beltline was there.
1: started in 1957 in Paducah, Kentucky. So we've been around for 63 years. So we started as an electrical contractor um, and uh, uh, electrical repair. I think they did motor repair, appliance repair on the Beltline in Paducah. So that's kind of how. Or that is how it started, two owners. Um, carried on that way until I think it was early. And sure. really
0: I don't want to interrupt you. I'm gonna interrupt you, but that's you just kinda of glossed over that. So the reason for the name Beltline is because yeah, it was is, started yeah, on the Belt line. In Paducah. In yeah. Paducah.
1: Because yep. <laughs> from a gotcha. marketing standpoint, it is interesting. I've had a few customers where I go in and they're like, Beltline, you all make belts? I'm like, No, we do <laughs> we do electrical, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, electrical contracting. So the company from there um, went on until I think it was the 90s, and then two uh, and then changed ownership to two new owners, um, Lynn Smith and Terry Gibson. Lynn Smith was uh, electrical engineer, and Terry Gibson was a, uh, a um, electrician who had owned his own contracting firm. So they bought it from um, George Langton. So George Langton was the original uh, the owner of Beltline. And then from there they had it um, until t- uh, 2010, and that's when Jason Seener purchased Beltline. So, uh, so that's kind of the service evolution yeah. is gone. Everything stayed pretty community, uh, local community based um, in the Western Kentucky up until around 2007, 2008, and then that's when Beltline purchased. Um, uh, shop in owensboro they, they bought from a company okay. called Dino electric and started to expand there and then now we're up to four offices we also have an office outside of knoxville tennessee and then the one here in louisville
0: so so knoxville was like an organic uh, knoxville, knoxville, that knoxville was an office was a little bit have-
1: of um so servicing the existing customer that's got a huge amount of Um, locations over in Eastern Tennessee that we couldn't necessarily get to. You could, but it was hard to get to from Paducah because now you're four and a half, five hours away. Right. So when you have electricians, you only have so many electricians living in an area. So again, going back to relationships, everybody likes to work with people that are from the area. So you can travel a certain amount. Some electricians, you know, you have so many people that want to travel, others that don't. So you end up needing to open up, you know, a local presence. Um, Yeah. The primary market that was really blowing up in 20, what was it when we opened that office in 2018? Yeah, 2018 was uh, the department of energy started spending a lot of money in the, uh, in the Oak Ridge national laboratory area. So, and that's just a big, without really getting into it, that is a big, you know, that's a, sure. It's, it's where the first atomic bomb was researched, developed, and assembled. Really? Not tested. But the Manhattan Project, huh. that's the area. So wow. there's always, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of more or less, you know, science projects, a lot of military projects that go on in that area. So there ends up being a lot of new facilities, a lot of cleanup of old facilities, and you just, uh, you, you need a lot of, uh, a lot of electrical contractor support. Um, And we do really well in that sort of government environment. Um, It's just one of the things that it's kind of came to us from uh, collectively from the different, the different owners we've had. It's it's become part of our, I guess, Beltline's DNA. Um, So we do really well with DOE utility work. Um, Healthcare has been one that while it's commercial in nature, it's very specific. It's very spec heavy um, due to the life safety aspects. So we do really well now,
0: there Now, re- just a quick question: You describe that as commercial in nature. That's as compared to like well, public commercial or government in the sense
1: of. Uh, sorry, I glossed over that construction type of work. So when you That's get right. into the the, the means, yeah. the methods, the material used, you can easily. The biggest categories would be industrial electrical work, commercial electrical work. So the building you're sitting in, um, right now, right. That would be a commercial. If you're at your office, that's a commercial. Right. And that really is comprised that's of the right. methods yep. and what's, you know, what the materials that's used to make it industrial would be, um,
0: like your warehouses yeah, or more manufacturing, manufacturing facilities, or power like generation that. Or yep.
1: chemical processing. Okay. Um, and then a lot of your, you know, a lot of the stuff, if there's large power needs, um, you end up getting into material, that uh, you would consider, you know, industrial. Uh, for instance, a aluminum plant gotcha. or a steel plant, the power needed to run into that plant doesn't necessarily go, you know, you won't necessarily see a bunch of poles above above ground with with lines. A lot of that will go underground in what they call duct banks. So you'll have a lot of pipe underground with a lot of wire that's carrying the power. So it tends to be considered more industrial um, type work in nature. So that's what really, you know, when I'm introducing us to customers, I say we're a heavy industrial and commercial electrical contractor. So it really means we don't get into, uh, as much.
0: So you got, you just, we don't don't currently, I mean,
1: we've looked at it some, but it's, you know, currently we do not. Now the interesting thing with the Louisville office, you know, you get into the four different offices and one of the great things that 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 one of the things I really like about the way that Jason Seiner, our owner, he handles is we've got the core kind of the core nature of Beltline and Beltline's business, right? But he doesn't micromanage uh, the other the vice presidents of each of their divisions. So you take the Louisville division, a lot of Daniel's experience um, makes him he's a lot more comfortable with stuff that's more commercial than the other divisions do. For instance, assisted living. Right, so in Louisville, you might see us yep. do assisted living or more office building type work. Um, if the relationships bear it out, then we would uh, then we would do necessarily, you know, in uh, Owensboro or Paducah. Some of that's market driven, and some of it.
0: So, so what it, what you're saying there is that he lets the markets, the, the leaders in the markets, kind of whatever their their strengths are, he lets them kind of work in those those areas of strength as long as they're sort of yeah, as long as adhering they're profitable. to the.
1: The overall yeah, yeah. goals as as and objective.
0: Yeah, right, right. You know, the yeah. biggest
1: thing for for us to, to do business and keep doing business is safety. You know, when you get in the construction world, it's too right. easy to read stories of people that have skipped safety protocols and had incidents. And I mean, it's not a um, it's not something that you want to take lightly. And we don't.
0: It's interesting because one of the things that I really hope that people get out of this, and I, I've listened to so many. Uh, podcasts where there's people sure. interviewing business people, and one of the challenges I have with it sometimes is is I feel like it stays pretty high level in general, and so wherever mm-hmm. possible, I want this to be an opportunity where I can ask some you know deeper dive questions. So it's kind of interesting. So you know, started in 1957, and as far as I could tell from the notes I took, you know, pretty localized for a good portion of that history, and then yep. it looks like really one of the first things that was done to try to create growth was. They went and made an acquisition is what it sounds like. So you got four locations now, headquarters in Paducah, made an acquisition in Owensboro, and then for all intents yeah. and purposes opened a service location in Tennessee that then was able to become effectively another office because now you have a presence, it sounds like, and you'd be able to leverage that. And then really, if I'm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Louisville is really going to be the first sort of just jump in and open up a new office from the ground up kind of organically like that is that yeah
1: yeah it's more so i would say than east tennessee east tennessee was um we had a lot of relationships with existing customers that made it um a safe bet and then louisville there's so there's so many market indicators that we see that we think make it a good place because there's certainly no shortage of competition in louisville but you know there's there were some customer there were some potential opportunities that turned in that, that turned into real opportunities so it was a bit of a, a gamble right at the beginning because we opened up the louisville office right in the beginning of um of covid
0: so well yeah i mean you, and i mean if i recall i mean i know daniel worked for another company you guys hired him i'm curious how did that happen uh if you can whatever you're comfortable sharing I
1: yeah guess. and i mean uh he, he actually was, uh, we'll call him a free agent. Okay. Right? Yep. So nature of markets, nature of COVID people shifted gears, not necessarily directly related to COVID. Um, while I don't know ex- exactly, you know, the nature of it, but I know it was due to kind of market conditions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he became available and was a, uh, was going to be a good fit for, for what we were trying to do. So that's a, that's a lot of it too. It's not, um. I'll put it this way, we've been talking about a Louisville division for almost the whole time I've been here. So, since 2016, right? So, a lot of it, you know, with contracting, everything is about timing. So, you, you'd rather and about
0: the who, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, that's the timing part in this case, yep. right? When you find somebody yep. that's a good fit. So, we've looked at other times where we've looked at the Louisville market.
0: So, um. Well, it's it's interesting because there's two things in it that are very interesting to me. Sort of that, uh, you know, along the lines of the business nerd part of my my personality. One is, you know, how how to grow, and it's it's not a cookie cutter thing, you know. And and it's some, some people grow by just going and opening a bunch of offices. Mm-hmm. Some people grow through franchising. Some people grow through acquisition. You guys are kind of a mixed bag. Um, and then it's how do you find great people? Because you know, it's like. And again, just what I've picked up on your guys, you know, your company culture is, you know, a, a pretty high value on people. Oh, yeah. Um, I know your tagline. I don't have it up because my screen just went dark, but <laughs> it's uh, – I know the empowering people, yeah, I think, is part project, of it.
1: Yeah, empowering empowering people.
0: Exactly, yeah. So um, – and it's funny. I mean, that's one thing that I've learned in the time that I've had, you know, my company. We mentioned Brett earlier, and, um, you know, th- this year has, I think has been challenging for a lot of us, but it's also, I think – forced a lot of us to kind of come to grips with some of, you know, I mean, I'm talking everything from religious concepts to a lot of other concepts that we've had to really wrestle with this year. And, and uh, one of the things that's become very clear to me is, is, you know, the importance of Brett and now Ross on our team and the importance of, you know, to grow that, to grow my company, to grow any company. It, I mean, I know that everyone knows this, but not everyone acts like they know this, which is it's, you just got to find great people. And it sounds like you guys, I I think through, people like you and daniel and others that you guys have started you know you've attracted a lot of really good people
1: yeah i'd say that's key i mean it's every seems like every you know any like you said any business publication you read it's always coming down to a sector can't perform it's trying to find the right people at all, all different levels so
0: yeah and it's and it's interesting to me to hear too kind of like the approach that your owner has taken where, you know, it's sort of like letting people operate in the area that they're strong. And, uh, you know, instead of being very rigid that, Hey, we're this kind of contractor in every market that we enter. And, you know, it's certainly, yeah, that, you know, that's interesting. I think I always am curious and and I know you didn't start the company. It's 60 something years old, so it's not relevant here, but, you know, I always kind of wonder like when I, (laughs) I don't know how to say it other than, it's when you're small, mm-hmm. like, like my company has been and still is, um, you start asking questions like, okay, I need to hire somebody. Like, how do I, how do I find them? I mean, I, I know that's relevant to you because I know you guys are constantly looking for electricians, yeah. licensed people. I know that's not, not easy to find. Um, we've talked about that. As a matter of fact, I think some of the things we've done for you have been uh, or have been or will be targeted towards that objective of building team.
1: Yeah, yeah, more uh, field leadership yeah because we're leader, yeah so as a contractor goes you know electrically we're a union contractor so our our journeyman our foreman our anybody doing electrical trade work will come from uh from the union hall um that being said you do run into so your foreman general foreman while those all those members are still from the from the um union hall right they tend to be the closest to um answering to customers on a daily basis. So they end up, um, end up becoming kind of a, uh, extension of the company itself. So yeah, certain initiatives to make sure that they have everything they need, all the tools, the training, and then, yeah, the promotional material, uh, also too, because people love, I mean, people do love getting recognition, even if it's in the form of shirts and hats and,
0: so well you know it's funny you say that like i and just to reinforce the point i um i'm in a i work out at this thing called F45 close to my home where where i live in Crestwood Kentucky and and i t- i was telling Brett the other day i said you know i'm in the business and uh i walked in the other day and they handed me you know a, a dumbbell with the logo on it it was <laughs> kind of like a you know and and i think what it i was like it like meant something to me and i was like trying to psychoanalyze that <laughs> like you yeah. know what's the, and and it was i think Feeling like you're recognized, like you said, I think feeling part of a team, I think that's something feeling part of a a group or part of something bigger than yourself, I think is definitely something that we all have a, you know, feel on some level too. So Yeah, I mean, we um, you
1: have to invest in those, you know, in those field leaders and promotional materials, one of the ways, ways to do it. It's kind of funny once you, but once you start taking, you know, shirts and stuff out to the side, everybody's like, where's mine? Where's mine?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, okay so here's let's shift gears i want to I know I'd, I told you we'd probably take 30, 45 minutes sure. so we're about thirty minutes in here. I wanted to shift gears too now most most companies are dealing with obviously i mean the world we live in today just technology and everything changes really quickly so I'm curious about two things with beltline what in in the last few years like the technological changes that we all experience what's that has that impacted how is that impacting you guys from the standpoint of the work that you're doing? How is that changing? And then the second question, I'll kind of let you answer both, you know, how have things changed and you guys are doing Louisville, like what's a little bit of a glimpse into what the future holds for Beltline and what you guys have on tap for the next, say three, two, three, four, five years.
1: Yeah. I mean, so to answer the tech question, it's, uh, it's like anything else. I mean, right now there's so many options that it's so pervasive. You, you spend, uh, now we recently, back in March, we also brought on a director of um, strategic and innovative. Oh, I want to say strategies, but that's not, basically we brought somebody in at a director level to be able to um, to help grab a hold of initiatives. And uh, if they do have a a part that's a you know technology associated with it, what's the best option? What does that look like? How do we how do we implement that? So we've we've tried to use it primarily as a as an opportunity to make ourselves better, right? To do more with less. Um same thing you try to do with any tool. Right? So right. we do try to weigh it like that and uh, and and try to figure out what's the best, you know, what's the best approach for it so it's not um a new tool or a new program for that, for the sake of that. Right.
0: Right. And I, and maybe I'll, what I'm kind of, and also what I'm getting at is like, you know, like we put in a, a simply safe security system at my house. That's all wifi driven. You got this whole IOT, this internet of mm-hmm. things. So I'm curious, like you extrapolate that out to the industrial applications that you guys work on and all of the different, you know, jobs that you're working on. I mean, Are there fundamental changes to how you're wiring the building or, you know, the infrastructure that's being brought into the building? Or at the end of the day, you guys are powering the building pretty similar to the way you always have. It's just that we're using the power, for lack of a better way to describe it, differently in the buildings to actually implement all of these, you know, whether it be security protocols or RFID systems and things like that.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I I see a lot of it. um, I I see a lot of it pitched. I do know that for a wireless technology, you end up having uh, there's all there's a large part that's wired. there's a large portion of the technology that's always wired just right. where you don't see it right so when you right, get into
0: yeah.
1: into building yeah, you're
0: wiring to these access points essentially, correct. yeah
1: so so yeah, there's been um I think there's been a lot more in control systems that we've seen in buildings you know you take the easy one to talk about it's LED control systems so you end up having more control wiring so instead of just powering something, you'll also uh, wire in more controls to be able to then get it back to whatever the hub or whatever's controlling it. I'm not a savvy on the technical side of our work like yeah. that. But the options are limitless with that. And we're certainly I try to just like our conversation with you, right? I do try to work a lot with vendors to understand what's the the next l- latest and greatest thing that we could potentially take back as a real savings. To our industrial partners that are busy just trying to keep their operation running safely and efficiently all day, every day. So, you know, that's, um, that kind of segues into the Louisville, right? I try to, in our Louisville market, we're going to grow in traditional markets. And we think a lot of our service will be able to do that just the way we go to to, uh, to market. But yeah, they'll always be on, on the lookout for alternative markets that are emerging because there's too many things coming about. Um, you know, If, for, for instance, back in March, we saw an uptick. We don't normally do residential, but we actually did a decent amount of uh, installations for, for pool companies because COVID hit, really? everybody was canceling vacation. So pool sales were going through the roof, right?
0: Interesting. So yeah. then
1: those companies were looking for outlets in their local community who can help install these. So, that wasn't necessarily a market we were chasing or thought we would play a big part in, but it's a good lesson of just,
0: just pivoting a little. Yeah, in the, well, it's yeah, just a good yeah. lesson
1: to see, okay. Um, when something, when, when a need arises, you know, can we tap into it and, and be at the front of the line to take care of it, to help take care of it. So,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. So going forward, mm-hmm. I know you guys are working hard to grow the Louisville office as well as your other locations. And I bet, my guess would be that continued growth would be when you find the right opportunity in a right market, whether it be another Daniel or a similar type person or another company to acquire would be, is that probably pretty accurate?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you're always watching, you're always watching markets and availability of companies in those markets and to try to see okay, what makes sense, right? What's the next, what's the, without giving away the recipe to the secret sauce, what's the next, you know, how, how, how do we go about that? But yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think a blend of uh, acquisition as well as organic, because I would say really the last two locations have been, you know, organic growth. Right. They were sh- very strategic in that w- who we selected to grow the market and why we went into the market and the timing had to be right. Um, but it was still in the classification if we didn't go buy a pre uh business that already had, you know. Uh, whole management structure and all that.
0: So, right. Now you, I want to step back. You said that you mentioned the pool thing, which made me think. So, yeah, you know, I got to ask yeah. this question. Like, and there's obviously been a lot of industries hurt really bad this year with, with COVID. Yeah. How, how has it affected you guys? I mean, have you guys pretty much sailed through relatively unscathed or?
1: Yeah. I mean, we had, um, we went, went in real heavy planning, um, kind of immediately in March, and we had a lot of customers that, uh, since everybody was kind of in the same boat, a lot of people, when it was smart to slow down, a lot of our customers slowed down, right? Right. When there was a chance of potentially too much exposure, then everybody said, let's let's pull back. Um, that being said, where we work in such a diverse range of, um, of markets right now, in construction in general, you're dealing with just ebbs and flows, right? Yeah. So... We, uh, this year didn't end up being too terribly different because you have some markets that were going, that were going to do their best to keep going, you know, and then as soon as their protocols, because everybody enacted real strict COVID-19 protocols, as soon as the protocol dictated that, Hey, we need to slow the site down, people would. Um, but if the groups were staying close or groups are staying, you know, socially distant, yeah. And we weren't having issues on site, and we were able to keep working. Right. So yeah. And so I think- so we you know there, we did certainly see we had certain customers that their whole markets took big hits, right? And we've watched them have to maneuver, and in, in 2020 turned into a year of planning for them um, to figure out how they move forward, um, as opposed to so. I do think there was a trend of the companies that were able to pivot quickly were able to keep keep going unless your industry was just one that was pummeled to the point yeah. of you know th- that you physically couldn't open your doors.
0: So. Yeah it definitely has been interesting to me how some companies have thrived through this and some company have just some companies have just been straight in the crosshairs. Obviously hospitality restaurant we all we all know have been oh, hurt yeah, it's, really bad. Um, it's,
1: it's that's been tough. I mean we were real real sensitive and real careful to, and I can't remember if it was, I think it, gosh, it might even have been by mid-March. We already had uh, me and the, the owner and a few others were working on letter to the customers and letter to the sites to say, here's how we're, you know, here's our protocol. Here's how we're moving forward. Um, just because, you know, again, the good thing for construction in, in our case is we're so used to adherence to safety because you're going into a site or different sites every day where you're having to assess what, you know, what's the potential risk at, at the site. So our process is set up to where you're every day you're going in and saying, what's the variables for today? What's changed? So a lot of construction you'll see across the board in the pandemic hasn't slowed down so much, but I would think, you know, you would credit a lot of that to just what I said it's, it's an industry made up of you're coming in, the weather's different every day. Yep. The area that you're working, at's different every day. Yep. Who's working that, you know, electricians, are we working side by side with the pipe fitters or the roofers today or, or, or whoever, right? So you have to always be, you have an adjustable game plan.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, all right. So got about five minutes left and I, okay. I want to, like I said, I want to stay on time. So I just have a few questions I want to ask you and then we'll wrap up, um, be interesting to see once I listen back to this. How I, I'm worried it might have felt a little choppy. What do you think? Did it feel all right so far?
1: Oh yeah, I think I think it's I think it's felt all right. I, I tend to ramble and I jump all over the no, place. So. Uh,
0: now we talked about it last week. I think you said you and I won't have trouble filling up 45 minutes. No, so filling up we, it just we be we if it's like you said if it's listenable. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but I, I do think uh, you know that it's been interesting to learn a little bit more about beltline and so i just have a few questions like you have a little bit of experience in our industry so i'm curious just really Mm -hmm. quickly what do you like the most about uh just your experience not just with us but people in our industry what what's and i I think it's funny i think maybe you've already answered it with the curation has been valuable to you
1: well the service just seeing i mean because you're typically so your your industry from my optics is you're trying to ingratiate yourself with somebody to the point to where they'll trust you with their brand. So that's right. Yeah. Right. So you've got to, you know, you told me early on that, that you want, you want to be that curator. You want to be a high service uh, provider um, to, to whatever that means, right. To your clients. And I've seen that with, with most of the other companies that I continue to work with. It's always been a a service thing yeah. um, because there there is certainly a price element to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like us, I can't sell on relationship and,
0: uh, yeah. Relationship yeah, I tell, I tell and high all the quality
1: time. and then turn around and nickel and dime everybody.
0: Right. Well, and it's, it's kind of like I, it's kind of like I mentioned at the beginning. I mean, it's like we all have a set of standards that we want to deliver to our client, you know, that yeah. are in the marketing materials that are on the website, but there's always a Delta between, that desired customer experience and the actual customer experience of almost every customer. I mean, it, yeah. it, um, and that's something that I think we're all sort of on an endless quest to squeeze or eliminate that Delta. You know, we, we, and this is, that's part of our strategy with this podcast is talking to our customers and making sure we learn that. So the last question I ask you is what is, um, and I think it's interesting because I know you've got some other vendors in the mix and, and you know, we, we certainly are always just like you guys, you know, we're, we we get that first thing and we're always looking, you know, where do we grow with this customer? What's yeah. something that we can do better as you've experienced and work with us? What's something where you're like, you know, these guys could do that better?
1: I would probably say. In my particular case, you kind of have to stay on me. So there's that fine line of. uh You don't want to blow me up. You don't want to email and call and email and call. But if you haven't heard anything from me in two weeks, you probably are best to check in. Yep. Because we always have, there's always something cooking. Or there might be something to wear, and Brett's done this a few times, where he provides one or two more little pieces of information, gets me over the hump, and then I can just say yes, right? Right. So,
0: because it's not,
1: I tend to. I'll drag stuff. I'm, I'm an engineer is where I came from, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I will no, I think beat stuff to that. That's there. great feedback for us. I think, you know, and and it's funny. I know Brett and I have talked about this a lot because, uh, you know, I think I told him one time, he, you know, he, he's always worried about contacting people too much. And I just told him one time, I said, you'll never do that. And I, he's like, why? I said, because you're not built to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you'll you just, and you know, so finding that happy medium. But I think it's funny. I mean, I know that's the thing for us is you know first and foremost we want to build relationships with the customers um both personally and professionally do things like this like the partner series that you've been very supportive of and joined a lot and uh to make sure that we're delivering information and value but most importantly too is just making sure that we find that happy medium between too much contact and too little contact so that we make sure that we are you know getting you guys and gals that we work with the things that they need sure so thank you i really do appreciate you doing this Um, I thank you for the opportunities you've Uh sent us, you know, with Beltline. And uh, we certainly look forward to more in the future.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me.